And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Let us find out what episode of this show it is. I want to guess 206 as the internet loads up on the very slow computer. The episode is 211. Welcome to episode 211 of the Constitutionals Podcast. Turning myself up. That is down. Okay, here we are. We're back back at it again. Do another episode. Took uh, two weeks off because <laughs> taint no news nowhere. And then I forgot. I couldn't. I couldn't do it on Friday because I was busy. With what? I can't remember. But I'm sure it was important. What'd I do Friday? I don't know. Still Sam's job. <laughs> and that's becoming dire, baby. Oh, it's becoming dire. What else has been going on? Nothing much. Uh, just hanging out. Chilling. That's it. It was Shark Week two weeks ago <laughs> at some point. And I watched a lot of that. I watched uh, Jackass did a Shark Week. Uh, this the, com- the computer can barely handle a camera and loading a web page right now. So if it does stutter, it is not my problem. Uh, I did. I did watch a Jackass Shark Week special, where one of the one of the new guys, yes, and they have new people apparently, did end up getting bitten. So they did something stupid, and one of them got was bitten. I think it was bitten on the hand, but it was enough blood to flow in the water to make the water go red to where people had to jump in and go get him out, get him out. It was a very it was a very entertaining piece. So if you have Discovery Plus, you could you should watch it because it is on Discovery Plus, which I currently paid uh, $1 for uh, on Amazon Prime Day and boy am I getting that dollar worth. <laughs> no, I'm not getting the dollar worth. Uh what else is going on? Okay, so here is just slid back in my chair and almost fell out. So I I speaking of Shark Week, Shark Week for for the longest amount of time has been its own thing, uh, and then enter National Geographic. They started a shark programming week, and now they're both doing it basically at the same time. Uh, and I think National Geographic's runs a little bit longer. This comes from Addie Morefoot over at Variety. Inside the Shark Week versus Shark Fest battle for cable and streaming viewers, I assume this is going to be a news time next year. <laughs> next time there's a Shark Week, because that would have been a great idea. So, to, so, so you know about Discoveries. I had no idea about National Geographic's, truly, until the last week when it came on. Uh, Discovery Shark Week is about 33 years old. Now, both of them, the companies are going to air about, well, already aired, <clears throat> 66 hours of new shark programming through the remainder of the summer. There will be 45 additional hours of new unscripted shark-oriented programming on the cable network, Discovery, beginning July 11th through the 25th, more, hour, more hours than last year, with some streaming on its seven-month-old Discovery Plus service. And that's where I think the, uh, the jackass thing lives uh, because it's, um, a special thing. Nat Geo's ninth Shark Fest, so they've been doing it for nine years. It sounds about under a decade. Meanwhile, boasts <laughs> 21 hours of new programming over a six-week period that kicked off July 5th. Yeah, so it's definitely longer. With additional shark programming sharing on parent company Dis- uh, Disney Plus service. I definitely saw that. Uh, beyond its three affiliated cable channels, National Geographic, Nat Geo Wild, and Nat Geo Mundo. I don't think YouTube TV has Nat Geo Mundo. I'll have to uh, check that out. Been watching a lot of Nat Geo though. Uh, Sans the Shark Week, Sans whatever. Now the now the the, the better thing is about uh, this Shark Week or this past I guess couple of Shark Weeks has been that Discovery has been getting a crap ton of hosts, of like famous A lister hosts. So Chris Hemsworth, Tiffany Haddish, Shatner. Uh, Ian Ziering from Sharknado, because I'm sure people still reference that. There were like five of those movies, and the first one was fine. <laughs> I'm not going to say good. 
and now basically the profile of this is um these channels are taking each other on and now that there's the entrance of streaming they're going to be able to expand well past the uh, initial offering of the 24 hours a day that they have these shark programs now shark shark week pulled in about 21 million viewers over a seven-day period last year while 31.1 million tuned in to shark fest over a five-week period according to nat geo well when you stretch it out of course you're gonna have more people also i don't know how many people watch nat geo that's very interesting i i wonder what the the ads are like for uh, shark week apparently oh speaking of ads <laughs> This comes from the head of research at LG Ads, Justin Fromm. 37% of Shark Week viewers in 2020 had not watched Discovery the month prior to the launch. It is true. Uh, again, I remember, 50, meanwhile, 51% of Shark Fest viewers had not watched Nat Geo the month before the franchise premiered. That's very true. I, mean, I, I, I get that. I remember um, Phil, uh, uh, oh, God. Uh, what is his name? Somebody feed Phil. His name is Phil. Oops. <laughs> this is Phil with an F. Somebody if you Phil. Phil Rosenthal. I didn't even load up yet. Phil Rosenthal created, uh, obviously, Somebody if you Phil and Everybody Loves Raymond. Love those three word titles. Obviously. He said, uh, he said on a podcast appearance a couple of years ago, um, yeah, oh, God. Oh, he said, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this quote. Uh, when he pitched somebody feed Phil to Discovery, they are looking for oh, or excuse me, Food Network. They're looking for food adjacent shows. So Food is network is owned by Discovery, and so they're looking for science adjacent shows, as opposed to years and years and years ago when Food Network and Discovery used to be just straight up science, straight up food shows. And now they have to have this kind of flexibility when it comes to this stuff. Uh, I really, I think, I think uh, Shark Week is still. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's a, I mean, it just differentiates itself. And I like how they can bring in the different people that host shows on their network to bring them in for one-off specials. Uh, and even, even this, you know, the Jackass thing, I think it was uh, well worth the 44 minutes I spent with it. Um, and it didn't, they didn't show, you know, special commercials. I mean, I, I mean obviously I watched it on uh, Prime Channels, Discovery Plus via Prime Channels, but it was a nice little special to see them do four different stunts that were very jackass esque, and it was it was a nice, it was fun to see, uh, and it kind of reminds me of on HGTV. There's a show called Hometown Make Hometown Makeover. That's the spinoff. Hometown Hometown is the show with that husband and wife who live in Laurel, Mississippi, or Missouri. One of those. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a state I'll never go to. A state I'm not welcome in. Uh, either of those states I'm not welcome in, uh, and for obvious reasons, <laughs> and and they have a show called Hometown Makeover, where they they basically do the hometown instead of rebuilding a house or fixing up a house in a in the hometown of Laurel. Then the first season they went to a, a town in Alabama and they fixed up various businesses there. And I thought that was I think it's such a cool idea. And they also brought in different people from the HGTV fold. And that's what I think is interesting for you to have all this cross-contamination, cross-pollination, pollinization of uh, all your talents. You know, that's what uh, uh, on Food Network, another Discovery thing. I'm just going to stay with Discovery this entire time. Uh, they have, you know, for Chopped and and uh, 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 Guy's Grocery Games and the, and the rest of those competition shows, they bring in other hosts from their from their other shows and i think it's just a wonderful thing so shark week is is uh it's nice to have competition you don't want to be the only thing uh shark week used to be huge 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 uh, before streaming and even before that um it was uh before cable you know before cable became the mainstream it was it was just you would hear people shark week shark week shark week oh shark week Oh, Shark Week. Oh, Shark Week. Oh, Shark Week. That's what they would do. Trust me. I'm in the fields. <laughs> is what I was is what I wanted to say. God, this computer is just just really struggling. Maybe I'll be one of those people that does everything from the iPad. 
when I see those people, I was just, when I was in college, I think my, my first year in college, the first iPad came out and, or the second year, whatever. Yeah. Second year, second year I was in college. The first iPad came out and, um, uh, I understand laptops in class and using them and all that stuff. But this one guy, I remember who I also did not like because he had, he, he was, he was always talking, but he had the widest mouth, you know, imagine like a bass. Uh, people with the widest mouths bothered the crap out of me. But he 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 brought in his iPad to oh, first of all to be you know nineteen years old and have that that technology the most expensive at the time the most expensive thing you know besides a laptop. I was I was angry at him for being uh, much more rich than I, <laughs> much more rich, and and I and he was like this is before keyboard accessories. This is before pencils, uh, like or you all you had for the iPad was a case, and he was using that to basically take notes and stuff. And I just thought, that's insane. That's never gonna catch on. That's so dumb. Just get a laptop. <laughs> and here we are. People are working off of their iPads, and uh, some people working off their phones. I can plug in the this Galaxy over here, and it becomes a computer uh, thanks to the Dex platform. Which is crazy. All right. This comes from Peter White over at Deadline. Netflix is entering the gaming medium. Netflix, time is right, quote, unquote. For gaming and streaming, a streamer platform, a streamer plans expansion. Yes. Video games to be included in monthly subscription. So, uh, Viacom, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Netflix is, is has been interested in, in uh, getting in the space for a little bit. They started with, you know, um, Bandersnatch and uh, there's a there's a Dragon Quest Your Story I have yet to play. It came out like three years ago and it's been in my list for three years. Uh, and and a lot of their shows have uh, have followed the Bandersnatch and Bandersnatch is the the most popular, but it's definitely not the first. Uh, well, you know what I think it might be. It's one of the first, uh, but it's definitely the most popular. And a lot of their shows have followed suit with that. Last Kids on Earth. Uh, Boss Baby back in business, uh, which and that one served as a, kind of a, a, a post-show finale before the movie came out. That Boss Baby back in business, get pat again. This is I say it for Teen Titans Go to get get past the fart jokes and the butt jokes, and uh, how Beast Boy talks like a slave, and you have a really good show, um, and uh, Boss Baby to back in or what is it called what's the show called boss baby back in business ended on a note that just led into the movie so well and same thing for king julian it led into madagascar one so well and the timeline makes so much sense and it explains so many things <laughs> like what was king julian doing beforehand uh but and for boss baby i mean what did they do in between boss baby one boss baby two and you didn't need that same thing for the turbo show which i don't think really the movie fed into it at all uh, but I don't think we'll see Turbo ever again. Because <laughs> that show ended, and that show's, and then that movie's not coming back. So Netflix is going to give its... It uh, first gave its ideas about uh, streaming last Tuesday in the second quarter shareholders letter that uh, said, the time is right to learn more about how our members value games. And, uh, oh, so the one thing I wanted to mention was uh, Minecraft. Uh, there was a Minecraft game on... Netflix. So the oh God, I, I'm because I don't play this. There's a Minecraft game by Mo, uh, Mojang, of course, by Mojang. What is it called? Um, Telltale by Telltale. Yeah, uh, Minecraft story mode where you follow a character played by Patton Oswalt, and uh, it takes away the sandbox, but you're on this linear path, and you get to choose, you know, A, B, or C to to do whatever for your story. But ultimately, it all ends up in basically the same thing. And so that was one of the first original games, uh, original, uh, one of the first video games that came to the Netflix platform. And uh, it, it makes sense because that's the way, that's how you, that's how you play. But now uh, there's, you know, Stranger Things games uh, that are going to be, you know, pushed on for mobile devices, uh, and then. And then they have those video versions, Bandersnatch and Minecraft Story Mode. So they're going to be they're going to start making it able for you to play games based on their properties. It's probably it'll probably be a money high side scroller at some point, a Lupin, uh, a Lupin uh, uh, gallery 
you know, game where you can look at pictures or something. I don't know. But they're going to primarily focus on mobile devices. Uh, whereas, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that means downloading a separate app because a lot of the because the, the the Stranger Things games you have to download you know separate apps for. But and if, if they're going to include this in the subscription, the only the only thing I can see is that and I'm, I picked up my phone here and I'm scrolling over to the video f- uh, file and look at Netflix. Uh, the only thing oh excuse me, <laughs> finally something just happened on my email. Um, no, it's not a job. I wish it was, <laughs> but I would tell you. But I, I can imagine that under, if you're watching the video, you can see. Uh, I can imagine that under the, oh, look at that. Uh, you know, some here, somewhere in the tab here, you're going to be able to just, you know, hit games. And then it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you to a game section. You can play a game or something. Now they have these kind of uh, TikTok story things that I, I just don't like. I don't want to have fast laughs. I just want to see home coming soon and downloads. <laughs> But also, this this you know raises the question: How many people are watching on mobile? I can't imagine that they have a huge audience on mobile. But I but I but obviously they do where it, where this is their focus. And I mean I think via you know the Roku app and the Apple TV app and the Google TV app and the and the Xbox and the PlayStation apps. Um, they can't truly offer something where you can directly control something because what it all boils down to is it's just a, a a video for Bandersnatch. You're watching a video where you can choose some type of DVD DVD esque options. DVD <laughs> and uh, Dave Matthews Band, no DVD. Dave Matthews Dand. Yeah, we'll workshop it a little bit. That's my. Um, you know how they have. <laughs> Why am I digging deeper? You know how they have uh, uh, people cover bands. <laughs> That's my band for Dave Matthews Band. Okay, let's keep moving on. But it, it, it just, but there's no way to offer a direct, uh, direct control of something. So we'll see how they implement that. I think it's just going to be for mobile, especially. It's just going to be on every. It's going to be either a separate app called Netflix Games, or there's going to be a tab Netflix Games. That it's going to, you know, they tried to spin off Quickster. They tried to spin off the DVD section of Netflix into Quickster, and uh, that didn't work, obviously. Um, and so then they just folded it back into Netflix. <laughs> so I can only imagine this is going to carry the Netflix branding, because otherwise it's just going to fail. Uh, and so I can, but but I imagine it's it's going to be like within the app, and then it's just going to launch, you know, a sub app within the app. That's that's just a theory of mine. Obviously, don't take me for a word. Don't take me for a word. This next one comes from the Wall Street Journal, written by Benjamin Mullen and Lillian Rizzo. Comcast CEO Brian Roberts and Viacom CBS chairman Sherry Redstone met to discuss streaming partnership. Now, I know what this sounds like. It sounds like they're about to merge. No dice. That will never, ever, ever get through. I don't think... Uh, especially after what happened with uh, Disney and Fox and Amazon and MGM, and now Discovery and uh, Warner. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But increasingly, it has been hard, or your uh, overseas people who stream know how hard it is to get American shows and movies over there on the streaming services. Uh, Hulu was not has was not the best and i don't think it's i still not i don't think it's still the best uh when it comes to streaming stuff uh netflix obviously leads hbo max is doing is going to be just and disney plus are going to be just exploding overseas um because they're doing it right you know they disney bought uh hot star and star media and all that stuff whatever i don't know if it's star media but that's how they're able to 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 work in uh in um uh, india and uh, in England, you have all that uh, great things, but you still don't like Brooklyn Nine Nine is on Netflix in Canada, I believe, and around the world. But here, it's on Hulu, uh, and that's just because that there are different streaming deals done when you're outside of the United States. So, what Comcast and Viacom want to do is they want to team up to make their to make their apps 
and such easier to stream outside of the United States. And it's it's better when you have the infrastructure to do so. Like Disney just had the capital to do it. Netflix had the name recognition and the ability to build in the capital as well. Uh, same thing goes for Warner. But when you're Comcast and you're <laughs> you have Peacock, and it's hard to get it. Like you, the faster you do this, the more you're going to the the more you're going to have subscribers come sooner. Uh, and we have Paramount Plus, which is just rebranded. No matter how old CBS All Access was, then that's then that's how you uh, that's how you that's how you're going to get things done. So. In May, Viacom CBS said its Paramount Plus service would be available in 45 markets by 2022. In April, Comcast said it was going to strike partnerships with local programmers and distributors in overseas markets to boost Peacock. Now, they're always looking for deals like this. And this kind of comes through as a a bundle of sorts. So maybe... In uh, uh, China, I don't know. And uh, let me just name a random place: Wuhan. In Wuhan, China, (laughs) maybe you know, in somewhere in China, uh, you're going to be able to finally get Paramount Plus and Peacock, and they're going to offer it to you in the same way that Disney offers uh, Hulu and ESPN Plus in that Disney bundle. Maybe you'll be able to pay, you know, eight dollars for Paramount Plus and for Peacock. Um, for the uh, for the ad supported versions, and that'll and that'll save you some money in the long run. Some analysts on Wall Street view Comcast and Viacom as potential candidates for murder merger for murder. <laughs> A candidate for murder, <laughs> Viacom, <laughs> A pair of Viacom Comcast. We think you're candidates for murder. We think you're going to murder someone at some point. We'll find you. We're the precogs now. Total recall. <laughs> Just explained every single joke. <laughs> so Viacom and Comcast are pretty much late when it comes to streaming, and now they're just trying to get out. Peacock has about 42 million signups. But f- less than 10 million people are paying for the service. That's in May. That's And that's from the journal as well. And I don't know how many people are paying for Paramount Plus. Uh, well, one. <laughs> I was watching. Uh, uh, obviously, I was watching Big Brother and the beautiful Whitney. <laughs> Paramount Plus has 36 million subs. Hmm. The streaming markets are uh, difficult. I mean, you know, when it was just cable, when it wasn't streaming, you just didn't get a show. (laughs) And now the most important thing you can do is get your show on a platform. And not just on any platform, but on a platform where you can get more viewers. And that's why you see a lot of cross-pollinization. Even here, another, I said the cross-pollination again. Even here, uh, you know, Viacom is saying, hey, if you want our shows from Paramount <laughs> on Paramount Plus, you can take them. You can put them on Hulu. We'll, we'll be, we'll, we want the viewers. Because in the end, it's not just how many subscribers you have, as Netflix is proving, because they, they lose subscribers. They don't grow. And that's why they kind of have to expand. Um, and you can see that in the quarterly, quarterly results. It uh, it's, I mean, you know, having what I saw Road to Perdition is on who it's on Netflix. It, I think it might be on Hulu, and it's also on uh, Paramount Plus. And then shows like Survivor are an Amer- an amazing race, American race. <laughs> The amazing race, but it's only in America. They visited several cities exactly 45 times. But amazing race survivor uh, uh, shows like that. They're also not. They're also on Netflix and amazing race is on Hulu and you can watch every season there. Whereas you can only watch like the last like two or three on Paramount Plus. At some point, you know, the, the TV contracts are kind of 
you know, you see them and you understand them. But once a show reaches syndication, 100 episodes traditionally, they're go- uh, and if it's a cartoon, 65 or 52, whatever, then they're going to be able to go out in syndication. Modern Family, the Goldbergs, they're going to be able to sell those shows to different networks. I think USA has Modern Family, and they air it all the time. Uh, Seinfeld's on TBS, sped up about 13%. <laughs> you notice it. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, same thing. TBS sped up 15%. Uh, family Guy is on... Uh, uh, Adult Swim, it's on Freeform, it's on FX, and it's on Fox. That's four different networks, and it started on Fox. And just because it's Disney-owned doesn't mean they're not going to let Adult Swim air it. Uh, Futurama's on Sci-Fi. It used to be on Adult Swim. I miss it. So, uh, but, but when it comes to these streaming things, there's, there's, no, there's no true definition or answer to how to, how to get these things um, regulated. This next one comes from Todd Spangler over at Variety. HBO Max launches free episodes on Snapchat. Now, Snapchat just had an amazing, an amazing quarter, and their and their uh, revenue, revenue, their stock went up. Uh, let's just say a metric crap ton. I counted them out. I, 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 you know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I counted them out when, when, when they launched, when they went to stock market, and uh, and their numbers just went down, down, down. And I just, I truly, I only know like a handful of people that still. I was gonna put a number to it, <laughs> as a, as if the number was correct. I only know a handful of people that still use Snapchat, and even still, they're posting virtually the same thing, probably even the same things from their Snapchat onto their uh, Instagram stories. Because they're also posting their TikToks on the Instagram stories. It's all the same. I'm not going to quote Hotel California. I thought I was. But I did not. So so WarnerMedia is letting Snapchat users in the U.S. watch select pilots of the streaming service's original series for free. That's up to six, with up to 63 friends. So you can watch things. Flight Attendant, Lovecraft uh, Country, Game of Thrones, Gossip Girl, Reboot, uh, Euphoria. You can watch these episodes, free episodes, again free, with friends through Snap Minis, the company's platform for shared experiences on Snapchat. Did not know that was a thing, obviously, because I don't use it. This is the first company that uh, has, has done this before. Snapchat has about 93 million daily active users in North America in the first quarter of 2021. And, you, and this is going to sound like a joke. A lot of that has to be, you know, porn or something. I mean, it's true. It's, it's got to be, it's got to be, you know, a lot of that has to be something of some type of sexual activity. I mean, look at Chris D'Elia. In Q1, HBO Max had 9.69 million retail subs. Q1 of this year. Uh, just some quotes, some quotes. <clears throat> this is, I, th- I think it's a, a cool thing to do. And the co-viewing is a very important thing. That's why you saw Apple uh, a year late <laughs> introduce um, watching watching things from Apple TV only on uh, through FaceTime via, with your friends, with like four to eight of your friends, something like that. Only four to eight. So if you have three, if there's three of you, get the heck out of here. But I, I, I think this is a this is a neat idea. And if it draws you in, if it draw, I mean, I don't know. I don't think HBO um, Max has a co-viewing option itself, so they should probably work on that. But I, but again, but I don't think I've I heard someone talk about the co-viewing option, you know, on Disney Plus, uh, and what it is is, and I get, and I can only assume it works the same way for Prime and Hulu. Uh, it does not look like HBO has a co-viewing option. Um, HBO Max, rather. And what that what that is, what the co-viewing is uh, for for those apps that do have it, I think it is you just get into a room um, and you watch it together. Uh, but if you want to talk or something, you're going to have to call them or FaceTime them or Skype them or whatever. Which which begs the question, you know. Why? I mean, obviously, during the pandemic, that works. If you live on different sides of the country or even the world, that's great. I can say, hey, let's watch Monsters at Work together. And I'll send you the room code and then we can watch, 
you know, a very boring show together and not laugh. They probably talk through it. But uh, other than that, I just don't see the utility. But this, this is cool because uh, you're only watching one episode. <laughs> and then you just, you got to move on. I mean, and, and it brings people back to the app and, and if you have 63 friends to watch that with, more power to you. Man, that's cool. I don't think I have 623 friends. That's just a 36. <sighs> All right, now we have a couple of meaty stories. Actually, you know what? Hold on. I want to save this last, uh, this next one for the last. I'm going to move it around on Notion. Uh, and the move is at the bottom. I love that I, I just talked as I did that. So next up, second to last story. We're almost done here. Don't worry about it. I'll get you out of here in 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> it's been 30 minutes. This comes from Alex Waprin. Over at The Hollywood Reporter, CNN to launch CNN Plus streaming service in 2022. So I got I So I knew about this. I mean, we, we, knew, we knew CNN Plus was coming. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I knew about this before they even announced it. Because I got an email from CNN. Because I apply to a lot of jobs. And uh, they said, CNN Plus is coming. And we're going to bring 200 jobs. And I said, oh, are you now? <laughs> oh, God. But that's coming in 2022. So the plan is they're going to have, quote, it's going to be an additive experience that complements the core CNN linear networks and digital platforms and will launch with 8 to 12 hours of live programming. They're going to have the on-demand content, you know, the Anthony Bourdain show, Lisa Ling show. But they're also going to have at least eight hours of live shows, of brand new live shows. And I I forgot, somebody uh, just recently left, I think, MSNBC uh, to to join, or no, excuse me, this is CNN. They just left MSNBC to join CNN+. So you're also going to get HLN. And uh, CNN International. Carriage agreements with paid TV providers is important. Prohibit CNN from simply porting its live TV offerings onto its streaming service. So that means you can't do the HBO Max thing and and uh, and and subscribe, you know, to uh, oh god, to uh, to YouTube TV or to Spectrum or whatever, and then say, hey, I want to watch CNN Plus uh, on my phone. Because it's got to be two separate things. Authenticated pay TV customers will be able to watch CNN's standard live linear feed in the same app alongside CNN+. Plus. I mean, again, I just think, I think that's a... And I know it's, I know it's contractual things uh, based from the pay TV stuff, but I just think that's a kind of a sneaky move. Sneaky move, sis. Pretty sneaky, sis, is that what he says? Pretty sneaky, sis. So CNN Plus uh, also had a new first look over at Variety, an exclusive inside look from Andrew Wallenstein. Wallenstein? Doesn't matter. The details are gonna are, are withheld for now, but they're gonna have it's gonna be it's gonna be everything that CNN has. They're gonna hire about four hundred and fifty people over the next six to nine months to support CNN Plus. There's not going to be a political slant uh, <laughs> from CNN Plus. We'll see about that. And they're spelling out the word plus. They're not using the plus sign, which uh, I think they should name it like CNN more. There's too many pluses out there. Discovery. I mean, that's why, you know, HBO Max makes a lot of sense. Let's be different. Prime Video. Is it Amazon Prime Video or is it Prime Video? I call it Prime Video. And other people say I'm insane because I'm alone and I'm talking to this podcast. <laughs> Sources familiar with the new streaming service indicated there's a strong probability that CNN Plus will be bundled in some fashion with HBO Max and Discovery Plus after the merger is finalized. Finalized. Um, and again, I think this, you know, as my, I, I there's a lot of CNN uh, shows. And, and docs on HBO Max, and I think this just this kind of announcement just kind of deflates that 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 side of HBO Max. Uh, if you look under HBO Max, and again I'm on the app, 
they have the they have the different uh, sections of HBO Max. HBO they have Max Originals, uh, DC, Turner Classic Movies, Adult Swim, Studio Ghibli, Cartoon Network, Sesame Workshop, Looney Tunes, and Crunchyroll. And that's the differentiating stuff. But if you under the uh, the the news and talk section of HBO Max, then you have the uh, some some Sesame Street stuff and uh, which is like the the COVID stuff. Uh, as well as a bunch of older shows, but a lot of that stuff mixed in is CNN stuff. CNN, CNN, the CNN shows, the eighties. Uh, uh, um, oh God, <laughs> I just I, I named one. The nineties, <laughs> Race for the White House. All this different, all these different shows and specials that do have a place on HBO Max are now. At what probably going to disappear from HBO Max, or maybe they'll have, but maybe they'll have them on both. I don't think anyone really needs to subscribe to a news service like that. You know, I subscribe to to the to the Journal and to New York Times because there's a breadth of options on there to read. And obviously, it's not a video service, but to read. But with you know, with uh, and maybe I'll do a news time on this, but. Oh, I will because I definitely it's definitely written down. Uh, but Fox News has a uh, has an app, um, and, and now CNN has an app. And then you know, there's only time will tell if NBC decide. I mean, Peacock's not doing terribly well, so. Uh, but if NBC decides to just say, "All right, we're going to put it in MSNBC, uh, see more, <laughs> MSNBC more," <laughs> okay app out there and now fox is going to have a weather app because apparently (laughs) it's too much it's too much to to get the the weather from the weather channel with these um uh uh, snowflakes i want to get that snowflake weather i want to get the weather with the truth CNN Plus is going to have new faces. And, uh, oh, yes, I was right. Cassie Hunt. She left NBC. Who was, uh, as a, she was an NBC co- correspondent covering Capitol Hill. And now she's, I, I can only assume, going to head to CNN Plus. Because they do not have room on their television schedule. And I can only imagine Anderson Cooper is going to get more shows. Uh, Sanjay Gupta. Oh, uh, Don Lemon. He was the one who uh, caused an uproar because they said, that, or he said that he's leaving. Uh, and then it just turned out that he was leaving his time slot and making a new show or something like that. Something stupid. So, enter CNN Plus. It'll, it'll be here next year. And this last thing, which was originally the thing before the last thing, comes from Hollywood Reporter written by Katie Kilkenny. What a name. Three Ks. Without clear ladder to advance, Hollywood supports staff seeks living wage. So this is a great, I don't want to say expose, but this is a great coverage. This is great coverage of something that's happening with IATSE Local 871. IATSE is the uh, union. Uh, I don't know what it stands for. So let's, (laughs) come on. Okay. IATSE mine is four seven nine, and also I'm not part of it. <laughs> I'm not paying two thousand dollars to be part of a union. Come on, <laughs> what does IATSE stand for? <laughs> I should know this, but again, I'm not part of it, so I really don't give a flying hoot. Oh, God, come on. This is embarrassing. I'm making all these stupid friggin' jokes. Uh, let's say, I'm going to say international. Uh, international. <laughs> it's a labor union. International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Jiminy Christmas. Why, why did that take so long to find? <laughs> Why is my computer so slow? Why did I Google the wrong things? So I got see eight seven one. That's the uh, Los Angeles one. They're looking to get 
better wages. And uh, oh, I think Gavin Newsom also opened up three hundred million dollars for uh, tax incentives for people to shoot things in um, California, uh, which I don't think is a lot. <laughs> I don't think that's a lot. I think New York opened up a hundred million, and I don't think Georgia opened any more up. So they're trying to have these negotiations for a quote to quote codify a living wage for script coordinators, writers, assistants, assistant production coordinators, and then art department coordinators. So and uh, a lot of these behind the scenes people, they're very important, but they're kind of uh, thankless jobs, and they get paid not favorably. And this is my area. I'd be in the script coordinators and the writer's assistants and the assistant production coordinators and all that stuff. IOTC members will not reveal what specific minimum rates they are seeking as negotiation deals are being kept under wraps during a media blackout period. Still, several union members have encouraged at least $25 an hour with a 60-hour-a-week guarantee and uh, hashtag I... <laughs> Jesus... I living wage tweets. 60, 60 hours. Uh, oh, so that's like 12 hour days, essentially, uh, which makes sense. That's how long you work if you work in the industry like you like you're basically 12 hour minimum. It sounds like a lot. It is. But when you get paid them, when you get paid well, well enough to to understand it. And you only I mean, you only worry for like what uh, like you're making a movie for what? Three months. So let's say 90, 90 days. Jesus, Chad. Yeah, that's a that's a good amount. That's a good amount of money. Do your own math. You're not working every single week, but do your own math. The official hours guarantee per week is important, sources say, because then workers will also be paid for 60 hours a week on holidays when low pay support staffers typically see a dip in pay or no pay at all. So that's like uh, it's if. Fourth of July lands on a Tuesday or something, and you're off that Wednesday. Excuse me, you're off uh, Monday. Uh, you don't get paid for Saturday and Sunday unless you work Saturday and Sunday. But uh, you're you're also you know getting paid the pay that you need. You almost saw the light behind me. There's I had to I put the light behind me because it makes me look brighter, even though it's really dark in here. Local 871 Vice President Art Department Coordinator Marissa Shipley adds that the union calculated the average L.A. rent price for zip codes where members live, which is about seventeen seventy a month, which is about how much I will be paying <laughs> in a couple of uh, weeks when I have to renew. And the minimum salary they would need not to be considered, quote, rent burden, which is over a little, uh, little over 70000 a year. If members were working 39 weeks a year, that's why I said, you know, only, you know, you're not working all the time. You're going to have hiatuses. 39 weeks a year at 60 hours a week, five days a week, 60 hours, 12 hour days, which is an optimistic figure is what they're saying from 2017 to 2020. These members tended to work less than 26 weeks per year per initial internal union data. And also I want to mention that uh, when you work in a union, that's how you get your your health plans, your dental and all that stuff. I named one. <laughs> your dental, your vision, <laughs> your regular health. This desk is so just inconvenient. And I keep hitting things on it and it just pisses me off. Shipley says a living wage would offer at least twenty five ninety five an hour. Currently, the union minimum for writers assistants, assistant production coordinators, and art department coordinators is sixteen dollars an hour. Uh, or a little bit over, and seventeen sixty four an hour for script coordinators. And as you can see, that's not good. Now that's that's great. That's great pay if you are working. Uh, I just came back from uh, a, a Target in Fayetteville. Don't ask me why I went down there, <laughs> but I had to go. I had to go buy something for somebody um, uh, for their birthday, and it's the only place I could find one. Jesus. But the, but the people there, so nice, so lovely, uh, versus uh, I went to Walmart.com. They said they had it at a store here, so I, uh, I, I took stooped myself down to that level, and I went to a Walmart. And um, let's just say asking for help there was, it was a burden. <laughs> it was a real burden on those people. Uh, and I hate, I hate Walmart with a passion. Oh, I hate it so much. 
I hate the company. I hate the people that work there. But these higher minimums are are what's needed in order to have people stay in the industry, people who have been uh, fighting for this chance to even get these these coordinator positions, and then to also uh, 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 not die, not live on the streets, not live with other people. At least, I mean, you know, rent a room out of a house. When Local 871 began negotiating on behalf of the writers, assistants, and script coordinators for the first union contract in 2017, compromises were made on minimum rates in order to secure other wins, like access to the motion picture industry, pension, and health plans. See? Sometimes you have to lose a couple of dollars in order to save some in the long run of the health plan. Our department coordinators and assistant production coordinators, meanwhile, did not get minimum rates in their contract until 2015 and therefore were for a time unable to negotiate for percentage-based contractual wage increases. And I have, there's a lot of people who, have, uh, who were named in this piece. Um, a lot of showrunners, a lot of producers, and I think it's great that they're they're saying they're using their power to talk about this. There's a consulting producer for uh, SVU, Lisa Taiguchi Cullen, who tweeted about paying an assistant partially out of her own pocket after her studio told her it paid a quote non-negotiable rate of twenty dollars an hour to assistants. I mean, that's just for L.A. living. That's horrible. Or for New York living and L.A. That's horrible. Uh, When she was advocating for twenty five dollars an hour. And uh, and and again, if you don't work in the if you don't work in the 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 industry, all this pay sounds great. Obviously, you know, you can go to retail and you make uh, you'll be lucky to make twelve dollars an hour. You can go serve at a restaurant and you'll be lucky to make. Uh, uh, tip period. <laughs> um, but these are all specialized jobs. And imagine, you know, if you work at a corporate job and you're getting paid, I don't know, $60,000 a year, uh, you're in, and that, that equates out to what, 23, 22 bucks, uh, per hour. Uh, uh I mean, you're doing, you're, you're doing a specialized gig. You're an insurance adjuster. <laughs> what do people do at corporate? <laughs> You're a systems analyst. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I work in television because I because it's all I know. But you know, imagine being paid six dollars an hour for your job. You know, imagine being paid eleven dollars an hour for your job, and you live in Denver, and your and uh, the rent on your apartment is eighteen hundred dollars a year. <laughs> Excuse me. a month, $1,800 a month. As we know, my year has run from uh, the 1st to the 30th, and then we start over sometimes the 31st, sometimes the 28th. At least once a year, the 28th. So imagine imagine that being you, and then you're having, you know, to live uh, paycheck to paycheck. And you may live paycheck to paycheck right now, uh, but if you make $60,000 and you live paycheck to paycheck, listen, (laughs) let me tell you, that's $60,000 more than me right now. So you better get your head out of your ass. Um, but yeah, this is, this is all, this is all, uh, you know, these, a lot of the producers, a lot of the talent, a lot of people who created the shows they make and uh, the network itself, they make all the money. And, uh, when it comes to these people who are below the line and behind the scenes, uh, they, again, it's a thankless, it's thankless positions. And, um, to be living in LA to, to uproot your entire life, to go to LA or New York and say, I'm going to do this. And then to land the job of a lifetime. Cause again, not everybody gets a job. There are still people who are scratching and clawing and they're in their thirties and forties and their fifties. Uh, then this is, you know, to have, to have this position and also to have a position that is kind of, you know, you're, you're doing, you're working, you're doing the same crap, the same heavy duty stuff that it, basically the people above you are doing you know they may be running a show but you're you're uh your court you're ha- you have all the scripts you have to make sure that uh the the uh, the certain actor gets their script and the pages are right and and all the lines are correct and making sure you're that everything's running on time uh and 
or you're or you're assisting and you're and you're helping and you're helping someone you know who's shoving a lot of those duties in your face and you're doing literally the exact same thing you just don't have the same title as them uh, so it may sound like people are complaining this IATSE thing this union's complaining but it's not they're 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 doing they're doing what they can all right oh my god I'm like Okay, so listen, if you like what you heard here, and I don't know why you would, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where you can see me talk to famous comedians like Chris Gethard and Laurie Hill Martin and Jermaine Valor and Jim Kirkman and Ron Funches and the, the, the Spanish Hockey Presents. <laughs> it's fun. Head to there. Head to there and do it. If you want to see a video version of the show, go to youtube.com slash comedy, where you can see me uh, sit with a shirt with a, that has birds with fists on it. Also on YouTube.com slash Evil's Comedy is our premiere show, News Time, where every single week, unlike this show, I do not skip a week. Knock on wood. But unlike the show, I do not skip a week. Knock on wood again. Unlike the show, I do not skip a week. Knock on wood again. <laughs> Don't knock. Um, I take one story and I dissect it like crazy. It's like The Daily Show, except way less funny. Last week's episode is an Olympic-themed episode, uh, which, short story, I had I uploaded on Thursday right before the opening ceremonies. I did that purposefully. Uh, and, uh, and then that same night, uh, it was copyright uh, attacked, and they blocked the video. That was because the um, uh, Olympic video, there's no sound or anything. They just knew I had their video. So I had to... Delete the video, <laughs> edit some things, and re-upload it, re-export, and re-upload, and that was very frustrating to do on a Friday afternoon. That well, that's why there wasn't an episode because I had to re-edit this ep- this thing, and it was all it was shot on my phone, uh, and I used 4K for it, and so my my laptop took of like two hours to. Uh, it took me. It, it I'm not joking. It took me the entire afternoon to do because uh, it was all in 4K. And then I and then the then the audio wasn't uh, mixing correctly because it was in 4K and my computer's old. Anyway, so that's what I did. Okay. Uh, Instagram, Twitter at C plus Comedy. Me on Instagram and Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Listen, rate, review, subscribe to this show. Tell your friends about this show. <laughs> Thank you for listening. All right, we're bye. We're we're bye. <laughs>